Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. Hi, this is Carla Unseth with Building a Bridge to God's Word, and this is week three of our Advent Reflections, and actually today I'm just going to have you listen in on the actual live event, so enjoy! All right, so this is week three of our Advent Reflections, and um, so the first week the theme was waiting and kind of waiting with joy for the coming, both the first and second coming of the Messiah. And then the second week, last week, was preparing um, ways that we can prepare. And uh, for those of you that didn't hear it, I am going to post it on my podcast. You can go back and listen to it if you'd like to. So this week is repentance, um, and it's red, so I'll light these candles that I have behind me here. And then next week will be rejoicing, kind of the rejoicing in the Savior and his birth, and then his second coming also. So, And the candle for that is white. So I'm going to do the same thing I did before, which is play a song, and then I'll, I'll light the first three candles while you're listening to it. And this is kind of to get us, it's the song, Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence and um, kind of to get you into the, the feeling of repentance, I guess, or, you know, understanding that theme. So let me see if my computer will do it. <laughs> All right, so here we go.
to recognize our place, our position, and that um, we, you know, we are silent before that, and that kind of leads us into repentance. So this week um, is repentance, and it's a red candle, kind of a short one, so I don't know if you can see it there. So red, because of course the idea of Christ's blood covering us for our sin. Um, So then we also talked last week about preparing And part of preparing for both the first and second comings of Christ is coming into line with Christ. Part of this is through repentance. When we repent, we agree with God that we have sinned, and we also agree to change. So, I'm going to read first from um, Luke 1, 57 through 66. So it says, When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. So um, this story, you know, it's part of the story of Christ because the announcement of John and then the announcement of Jesus and, the, and then Mary goes to stay with Elizabeth. So it's all kind of connected. And it, it may not initially seem like a story of repentance, but it is because it's a story of Zachariah's repentance. That when the angel first appeared to Zachariah to announce the birth of John, Zachariah didn't believe him. And he kind of almost scoffed at the idea that they would be able to have a son. So now, of course, Zacharias had nine months to think about, think about what, what that meant, recognize the error of his ways. Uh, but now is his chance to prove his repentance, to actually act on it. And God told him what to name the child. And so now he was able to act out his repentance by actually saying, yes, his name will be John. And then, you know, when it says, immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loose and he began to speak praising God. So 
his first action then when he could speak again was to praise God. So it just shows that he had truly repented. So then I kind of want to move into us and how that, how that affects us. You see, kind of Christ starting to bring repentance already then. Um, and then if, um, the next passage I'd like to look at is Acts 26. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long. But this is Paul. Paul's giving a defense before King Agrippa. He says, let's see, I'm going to start in verse 4 here. It says, The Jews all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. O King, it is because of this hope that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. On one of those journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Oh, sorry. Um, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord said. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and, pl and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus and then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. So this is the story of Paul's repentance. Um, he tells of all, you know, he, he goes through everything that he was doing to persecute Christians. And then he also tells them of his complete change when he was confronted with the reality of Christ. In fact, that is what repentance is, changing your mind about Christ. That Paul moved from that direct rebellion against Christ toward full acceptance. And then here we are in the season of Advent, and I think that's kind of what this season is about then, is about saying ourselves, here we are confronted with the reality of the birth of Christ, and we need to make a decision. You know, we need to choose what, how we're going to respond to Christ. And if we are going to choose to repent, which means that we stop rejecting Christ and we move to accepting him, um, and then the result is life change. 
When we turn to Christ, we naturally live differently as a result of, the, of our love for him and of his love for us. So we live instead in the way that he directs us. Of course, as Christians, as people uh, who have already repented in that way and come to Christ, we also recognize the fact that, you know, we still sin. We still face that reality and the, the reality that we need to continually repent. And that's kind of where repentance is agreeing with Christ that the things that we're doing are wrong. You know, we, we say, yes, I understand that this is sin, and I'm going to change. I'm going to turn. And that, that's what repentance is. So one of my favorite verses is Galatians 5.25, which says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So that's that idea that we have received life through the Spirit, and we keep ourselves in line with Him. We walk with Him. Um, and that, you know, it takes repentance to get us to that. So we keep in step with the Spirit who has given us life, and that's, that's how repentance then prepares us for his second coming, his, when he returns, of course, we will see him as he is, and we, we want our hearts to be ready for that. So all of that leads to our next week's theme, which is rejoice. And we'll talk about the, the first coming of Christ and the rejoicing that brings, and then our hope of his second coming, which also brings rejoicing. So thank you for joining me for week three of our Advent Reflections on Building a Bridge to God's Word. I hope you enjoyed getting a little taste of our live session. And I'm sorry, I know there were a few audio problems, so hopefully it came through okay for you. And I hope to see you next week. <laughs>